everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, y'all. Today we are here and we are celebrating three years on Fear Street. We are officially, is it three? Is that, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We've been doing this we since 2020. We are a toddler, <laughs> Listen, we can do our own finger paints. We don't need you. We don't need you to get a link. We can do our own blue and pink finger paints. Listen, pink, blue, finger, finger. But yes, um, and as always, so far, on our Fear Street anniversaries, we are moving forward in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. <laughs> Today, we are covering... Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Except, spoiler alert, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> he always had more nightmares. Stop lying. You can't well, hold him back. West did Don't have to and save them, though. But uh, anyways, I digress. <laughs> Listen, when you make seven movies in ten years... When um, you, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we got a lot to talk about, Sheree. Let's, let's discuss. <laughs> um, what's your first thought? My first note is I, for a while, have thought that song when we open sounds like the Google Dolls, <laughs> but I never think to Google it because I'm all like in the movie. Um, I finally Googled it. It is okay. the Google Dolls and they have multiple songs on the fucking soundtrack. And as a 90s kid, I should have just, I should have known. I shouldn't have been like, I think so. Maybe. I should have been like, oh, that's you, Johnny Respect Resnick. the Google Dolls and... I like that. I actually kind of makes me like this movie a little better now that I know it's the Google Dolls on the soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> It's before Iris, because after that, they became a different band. Um, This is back when they won't tell your name. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So my first question, Sheree, maybe you could help me out with this. And I I already know the answer, so I don't know why I'm asking. But (laughs) is the logic that he slept walk out of town? Or have we just completely abandoned logic at this point? Logic is not a thing okay. we do here anymore. We are just, we are doing what we like, want. How did this boy uh, get out of, he's in the dream, but somehow his body is moving. So is he sleepwalking? You know, there's no answer for that. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I know right. there's no there's, answer for that. There's so many moments <laughs> of that. Like, um, Carlos's body just disappears somewhere. Um, which I guess we do get some of that in the first one with Johnny Depp's body, like getting sucked in the bed and like disappearing essentially. That's different though, because we saw the blood come back, and we're like, he ain't coming back from that one. But here we're just like, we're like where's Carlos? New technology. And she goes in the room, and she's like, Carlos is gone, and so I don't know where Carlos is. It's like that that Tim Gunn gif from Project Runway. Where's Andre? Where's Carlos? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I. <laughs> I've not seen this movie in a while because that's not my favorite in the franchise. <laughs> but like the opening scene was giving Final Destination before Final Destination. Mm. And it made me giggle because they're both New Line Cinema. Mm. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know. I don't know how much of that thought played in because we've not interviewed that creator. But I wonder if he was like... Mm, right. Which it, that, I mean, that is kind of interesting too because... There are so many references in this movie to other media and pop culture and all those things like Freddy is the Wicked Witch of the West. Your uh, This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs, which is iconic. Like I, I, I agree with you. This is not one of, this is not my favorite of the franchise, but like that moment is literally Freddy iconography. Like, Again, like Robert England always delivers, even if the movie doesn't necessarily deserve. Um, and so I, I do hope that Final Destination was like, let's let's bite Freddy a little bit for this and see what happens. Right. And we know if you finish the Final Destination franchise, that airplane becomes much more important in later movies as well. Can we talk about the moment that was the attack of Roseanne? <laughs> She's a note for me because that's a jump scare because. This is before all of us knew she was racist, just her select friends right. knew back then. But we've all seen the pictures of her dressed as a Nazi now. And so, like, we've seen her tweet about yeah. Black people. I had that like, much, because I forget every time. I've seen this movie multiple times, but I forget that she's in this movie. And she popped up on my, I said, is that? 
IMDb. Yeah. That is fucking Her- Roseanne. Fuck you, Roseanne. Get off my screen. Her with her then husband, Tom Arnold, who he. They ain't married I don't no know. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, she was kind of his meal ticket because wherever she was, he was. And I was like, mm. he's such a better actor than she is. So I'm glad that he is. Who is it? <laughs> who is it? <laughs> so I'm glad he got out of that toxic nightmare that she is. So. Again, I I have a hard time feeling sympathy for people who oh, know what kind absolutely. of a monster she is and kept yes. enabling her, which is why I like the cast of the Connors. I'm just like, all of y'all are sus. I was reading for all of you, but you went back into business with this bitch for why? Yeah, yeah. And then she got thrown off her own show because she was so racist they couldn't ignore it anymore on ABC. That's how racist she was. ABC was like, mm, oh, we gotta do something. Yeah, yeah. What? She's a lot and like, mm, yeah, she's a choice in this. And she's only on screen for like two seconds, right. but... Too, too, too loud. Too, too I, many. I was like, for my pain and suffering, I'm old money. I know nobody knew back then, or very yeah. few people knew back then, but I deserve money. I, I we, did, we moved on too fast from the Wicked Witch because I, Freddie as the <laughs> Wicked Witch in a franchise that had Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and mishandled the queerness of it all. Boom, pal. Take a drink. I was like, let me get yeah. my thesis out. <laughs> yes. Yes. I. That is, I will say, that is, I do love all the pop culture references and that, and like him as uh, the Wicked Witch and all the other things. This is your brain, this is your brain on drugs, all that stuff. I love it. I think it's, like I said, Freddie iconography. I wish, especially, I'm assuming, I don't really know, but I'm assuming that they knew going into this movie that this was going to be the final, or at the time when they thought was the final nightmare film Mm -hmm. i wish there was more references to the previous films and not like i i do appreciate the johnny depp cameo even though i don't like him anymore but i appreciate that in the sense of this film but it's not a direct reference like when they opened that uh, scrapbook why was it why was nancy not there why was why weren't they talking about um tina or the kids at the uh, the asylum or what like that would have been really fun one, that Johnny Depp cameo reminded me of all the potential he had before he became a trash bag, and it yeah. made me sad. Um, him and Roseanne have both canceled themselves since then, and so that's, again, nothing from the 80s <laughs> last. Um, but, like, this being the final movie and having to, like, pack in so many pop culture references because how close Freddie fr- flew to the sun, like, he was a pop culture moment. He was selling Pepsis. He was <laughs> selling True. games. He people were ignoring the fact that he was a predator, um, which is why they're upset now. When you bring that shit up, they're like, "He was a child murderer." It's different. I'm like, um. But she watched that oh, remake, and they're like, "No, he was a molester." <laughs> Listen, uh, he was killing children, and we can assume that if you're killing children, you probably are also doing other things to children. And so the fact that people are just like, "I can't remember that," because pop culture. Um, and I'm just like, mm, but, okay. I mean, flamingo. The mental gymnastics people do all the time oh. <laughs> astounds me, but. <laughs> I love Freddie too, but I know who he is. And so I, I I can't be all like, no, he's a precious little angel baby. I'm like, he taught me what being petty was. I call him Petty Freddie. He's my imaginary friend, yes. But at the end of the day, he's not a good right. person. And that's, it's it's rule number one of Freddie. And he I do think, but, sorry to interrupt you real quick, but I, because I want to mention this before we get too far away from it. I do think, because I just, after I watched this movie, I actually went back and watched that new documentary uh fred heads uh but that was a pretty good time mm-hmm. but uh that's neither here nor there but um uh, one of the things that got me and i do like that they talked about that in the movie is that a lot of times horror especially horror fans from this time period really focused on freddie and and this freddie fanaticism and like i like that they had um what's her name um i know her sassy sledgehammer but that's not her actual name that's her <laughs> Her handle anyway. Um, I love that they had her on there to talk about her, like bringing Nancy into the center of this. Like, let's talk about these heroines, these people, these characters that are standing up to Freddie, not just the abuser that is Freddie. Like, I get it, and I love the community that they built, but like this obsession with the toxic murderer, I don't love. Listen, um. 
I just got to watching the Robert England documentary I meant to review mm, and I life passed that me by. Um, right? And it drove home something I've always noticed, which is Freddy Krueger is one of the few franchise monsters we have where the actor's face is the face of the monster. Mm. Because like Brad Dourif's voice is Chucky. Michael Myers is the shape. Many actors have played him. Jason, many actors have played him. People like Kane Hodder. But like no other franchise monster is you're looking at somebody's face. And that's part of the reason Robert England couldn't shake this. Mm. And it's part of the reason why when anybody else puts on that hat, people automatically hate him. Because you're Which not sucks crazy. because I do think that the dude that played him in the remake, he was my not my problem with that movie. Like he did a decent job. Like no. he was trying to do his own take on what who Freddy was. He wasn't as fun and campy yeah. as Fred, as Robert, but like that movie was not fun or campy. <laughs> Also, the movies started in the 80s. Back then, camp was a thing you had to have. Otherwise, what are you doing? Whereas, we were trying to get more serious yes. in the early odds. Oh, yeah. We were overly serious in the early odds for some fucking reason. While being we, racist and we homophobic like, and sexist. That and we, were just, we were very serious about it. We were very serious about our racism and homophobia and sexism. <laughs> like pie. American. Um, I To go back to the things that you would expect in a the final Freddy Krueger movie... Um, all this new information is not something I would have put in there. Like, all of a sudden, he has a daughter. All of a sudden, we know about his yeah. home life. Yeah, go ahead. Continue. Again, that's problems that come up when you decide to make something a franchise after mm. you've committed. Because, like, we at this point, we'd had five movies, and none of this has worked in. Because each movie, it's like, it's a new movie in a franchise. We've got to make it up. Um, there is no original creator sitting there with the book being like, okay, here's what I see. Here's what right. I know about this person. How can we spin that and make it authentic and right. true? Right. And, well, and let me talk to that first, and then I'll go back to the, the daughter of it all. But I I will <laughs> say absolutely. And then Wes comes back in the, ne- the next film in this franchise, and it is literally my favorite nightmare movie of all time. Like, the only movie in this franchise that I give five stars to. And I love a new nightmare. So, yes, keep creators with the work that they want to create. And if they don't want to create a, a, a sequel, then we'll leave it at that. Right? Like, literally, that's all there is to it. Because at the end of the day, nobody knows these things yeah. better than the creator. And even the creator doesn't always know things. Um, but, like, if you're just like, um, and, and right. then, and then, like a fucking word game, it shows. Because, like, even what Freddie can and can't do and his goals change. Well, like movie I was movie. mentioning earlier, the logic of like where are the bodies and how are they like, at least in the original, there was a, if the body moved in the real world, you saw it happen. Like you watched it. And I, I will also say, this is really funny coming from us. Cause we, any of our negative reviews we get on um, our reviews are typically like, Oh, they just shit on movies or blah blah blah. Even though that's not what we do, but whatever. But we are we are the first ones that are like, no, let creators, let artists create what they want to create. We may not love it. We may have issues with it. It may be the most racist thing in the world. But yeah. let them create it without this bullshit capitalistic company telling them how to create it or that they have to create it. Let them create what their brain and what their artistic integrity wants them to create. Exactly. Because again, seven movies in 10 years, the quadrant truck will be all over the place. Um, and it is a disservice. But also you can't stop because it's New Life Cinema is the house that Freddie built. That's what I was trying to remember, but I've been drinking. <laughs> um, and so, of course, it's like, give us another. Here's some more money. Give us another. Here's some more money. But like, at the end of the day, it, it becomes a janky franchise, which it didn't need to be because the first one was mm-hmm. so fucking good. The first yeah. one was so fucking good. I like the second one for reasons, but like I, yeah. he, we we talked about the second one. We've seen the documentaries. Right. Um, <laughs> and the others, Freddie has some cool moments or we have a cool actor in them. But like it, again, I think that if we would just be like, is this the time to do another movie and for why? And they'll actually think about it and not rush through it and just slap it together with hope and right. spirit gum. Which is also why I'm, I'm curious if, uh, oh, this one was directed by a woman. Interesting. I believe she's the first woman mm-hmm. to direct. Like, let me pull that up. But like, she's she was a producer on the franchise forever. 
Um, and they're like, it's the last movie. Oh, so she was it. okay. Because yeah. I was, I was curious if there was any with the creators creating this film if there was any understanding of this franchise because I didn't get a lot of that, and I think that. When this franchise is at its best, it's yes, it's revealing new things about Freddie, which so I'm not opposed to Freddie having a daughter. I think that's a really interesting concept. I and mean, it, it adds an interesting layer to Freddie and to this franchise. But I wish it was done. And I say I feel like I'm gonna trademark the word intentionality because I feel like I say it all the time. I feel I <laughs> I wish there was more intentionality in the choice to do it. Like I would have made, so that little blonde girl that's in like all of these movies, I would have made her the daughter that we've, we've continually being seen or we've continually saw in these movies. And then, Oh, now she's in the real world and she's an actual person. That would have been interesting, but they didn't do that. Okay, so I pulled it up because I was like, she was the first woman, Rachel Talele. I've never actually heard her in an interview. I should know her name. She does so much horror shit. But like, she was, she was in fact the first woman director in the franchise and the last. Yeah. Um, she's also the only woman with a writing credit. And it was on the movie before this, The Final Nightmare. And yeah, like, I just. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the one she directed. No, I'm a dumbass. So she co-wrote yeah. and directed mm-hmm. this, or she did the story for this, I should say, because like screenwriters and stories are different. Um, but she did the story for it and she directed it. And that's the only woman with a credit in, in directing and writing because it's all dudes. In that shows. But I, I, just, I just wish mm-hmm. that the inclusion of this twist that it's a daughter, that he has a daughter, or he had a daughter, I wish that had been at least hinted in or... Even if you don't have that, because I, I get it. They weren't bringing Wes back for this. Like, if that is what it is. We can't mm-hmm. go back and change that. But if I was given a property to do in the, the final film of, I would make sure to use little things that I saw as a filmmaker in those previous things to make the choice that I wanted to make. Like I said, I would have made that blonde girl that we continually see in these movies what if that was his daughter? And he's that's why she's in these nightmares all the time. That would have been interesting because we saw her in one, two, three, four, five, and now six and seven. Whoa. I will say, I feel like just because I know the way the world works, I feel like she was set up to oh, fail. Yeah. And she didn't fail. It's not the worst installment Absolutely in this franchise. Not. That's my hot take. So <laughs> I don't get too far into but that. Like, <laughs> listen, but they were like, hey, um, Freddie needs a daughter. Figure it out. Hey, we need this new technology in there because that's what we do. Hey, pop culture references gonna have to happen. Um, it's kind of a commercial. Moving on, and also we're gonna make it three D for ten minutes for no fucking reason. And so they keep throwing shit at her, and I I think she probably did the best she could. And again, I'm looking at her credits because I always forget what she's done because she's done so much. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, yeah, I I think that had it not been seven movies in ten years. And nobody's tracking and checking with a show bible or whatever the equivalent is of show she bible worked on for Sabrina. franchise. Yeah, like I'm telling you, she's okay. a badass bitch. Like she stays in the genre. Okay, okay, yeah. Me and her would be good friends. And even this movie, I don't. I just want to preface this with: I'm going to talk negatively about this movie. This is actually when I looked at my rankings because I ranked 11 films because I included the two documentaries that I've watched in the ranking. This is literally at the top of my bottom half. So, like, it's nowhere near my least favorite of this franchise. So, I actually really like this movie. And it makes me... It's it's like you said at one point in our previous recording. It's like a blankie. It's like, this feels good to me. Even though it yeah. makes no sense and it's not a great movie. <laughs> I think it introduces a lot of cool stuff that would have been cooler had it been mm-hmm. smoother and inserted earlier in yes. the franchise. But again, when you're like, gotta get another movie out this year, fuck it. You yes. don't get to think. Because like, I'm not mad at Freddie no. having a daughter, but like, this is the first time we hear about it. I'm not mad at his wife finding out what he did and not leading him killing her. But this is the first time we mm-hmm. knew he had a wife. Um, I'm not even mad that this town is like, all the kids are dead and all the teens are dead and this town has like folded in itself. I think it could be smoother because it's janky as fuck. And it's too broad and too big. And it's like, I, you want me to laugh, I feel. 
I think maybe you're giving me Roseanne in my face, which at the time I guess would would have been funny, but like. <laughs> and it's again the the need to force pop culture into it because Freddie is part mm-hmm. of a lexicon at this point is I think what hurts it, and it's why they're like we'll put out another one and we'll get the money. Yeah. It's fine, and. That's what kills a lot of franchises. And that's why I think franchises are kind of inherently... Oh, I absolutely agree. And this is coming from someone who worships a franchise. Like, I worship the feet of Scream. And I think Scream is the best franchise of all time. But I think in general, not every franchise is Scream, obviously. (laughs) Listen, we'd have a lot more bangers if it was. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, this town is wildly different from other versions. And... I, I don't know why that was the choice. And I mentioned this mass psychosis up top in the credits. But I, I think they would have been stronger had like this been a town, um, a small town where all the kids and teens are dead and people are afraid to like go outside because they know what they've done. And they had to feel the guilt and their kids have paid for it. And had we like lived in that kind of like gritty situation and having Freddie fuck around with these kids he just brought into town and have them be like, what do you mean you've seen the man with the glove? He doesn't come here anymore. You need to leave. You can't have kids right. anymore. That there was no urgency better. to it. Like there was a little bit in the oh we don't speak we don't talk about him or we don't do that, but like there's no, and I, and I like the mass psychosis because like, mass trauma is a real thing. I like the idea, yeah, the idea of it. Yes, the way it was executed. A hundred percent. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I just I agree. I think I think this this plays with a lot of amazing themes that add so many great things to the franchise. I I wish this movie was four. Yes, because again, this daughter's coming in way too soon. You can't be like, we're ending the franchise also. Surprise! Right. It's like, no, bitch. You need to be wrapping it up. You need to be giving us Freddie doing the most. If you think this is your last movie, why is Freddy Krueger not the star? Why is Freddy Krueger not doing more? We we introduce a new group of kids to kill. We have to go doing a fucking slasher. And we go back to this town where they're like, we don't talk of his name. Oh, no. But we're all also out here living loud having, and very wrong. And we're doing the most. I don't understand. I don't understand. Again, I think that we could have gone, we could have gone a little bit darker and we also could have trimmed his kills. I love that Freddie's having fun. Robert England deserves to have all the fun, but each kill took a year. Uh, Yes, I do agree. I think they all could have been trimmed down. I will say I liked that each of them kind of showed a different sex, different part of that character, which I think Nightmare on Elm Street as a franchise does fairly well. Not great, but like, there are decent parts of that. Like you got um, Carlos's uh, familial trauma with, yeah. The mama trauma. Um, I will say I do think it was a little much for me. The Tracy's abuse and sexual assault is a lot. I I don't think we needed all of it. That is one of my my notes. Because we've done it again and where we've made it so like, the white guy, his him and his dad don't get along because his dad's rich and his dad's an asshole. Which we know that that's story. That's fine. Yep. I can empathize. Yeah. Right? But like Spencer is just there because his dad is fucked up and he's doing drugs and playing video games. Whereas Tracy, again, we have one woman in the group at that age as far as the teens go. And she's got to be sexually assaulted, which is a very Stephen King of this movie. Well, um. Right. And that's what Freddie tortures her with. He doesn't go to anything else. He's like, and the way she comes in with it, because again, we do not do subtle in the 80s. And so we, we meet her, she's like, I can't be touched. And they're like, she can't be touched. No, he looks. And then she's like, I see my dad, so I close my eyes. And I'm just tired of us being like, okay, you were sexually assaulted and we need people to know that about you because that's what we're doing. I think that there are smarter, better ways. But unfortunately, film does not catch on to that. Um... And then you have Carlos, whose mom is the reason he's deaf. And I'm just like, why did it, Why does the brown kid and the woman have these things that Spencer is just like, I do coke because my dad yells at me. Yeah, and, and it felt like a step too far. And I say this in a series, in a franchise that tends to take a step too far. But it, it felt like a step too far when at the end of her arc as a character, with, well, not the end, she doesn't die. But anyway, uh, 
when she is like he becomes her father and like uh what he like calls her it's it's just it's just a lot if i if i had dealt with that in my life this would be extremely too far for me i imagine now she does kick his ass so that might be believable but like i don't know my other thing is that like this is film number six and now I'm remembering Freddy's a pedophile because we've danced around it and we've alluded to it. But now we're just like, he would do this because he's a pedophile. That's right. But also you've lulled us in because you needed us to like him so you, he could sell Pepsi. And so you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I it's just, it, I didn't love that part. I, I like Tracy as a character. I like she's a badass girl. I like she's a girl that can kick ass. Like here for that. Y'all know I love that. But I, and like it being a part of her trauma, it is prevalent in the world. So maybe there's a something there, but like it just went too far. It's like, here's the line, let me leap over it. <laughs> it could have been smoother, it yes, could have been smarter. Um, I do want to mention that <laughs> Freddie's wife saying, I won't tell, is peak white woman. <laughs> Listen, complicit Linda's be out here. Just like whatever keeps us together. I won't tell. I won't tell. And then he killed. But I did and I actually did like that he killed her, like you said earlier. I did like that he didn't care that she yeah. said she wouldn't tell. Because and ultimately the yeah. daughter did tell. And that's what we find out. And I like all that stuff. I like that that is now the the origin story, you know. My thing is this one retcons the other ones harder than all the other ones I've retconned in the movie before because each of these is just like, let's undo what we've done. True, Yay. True. Because in my understanding, Freddie was a groundskeeper in a school. That's I think where you're snatching the kids from as well. The parents found out and they burned his ass in like the little like um whatever the fuck at the school. But this one makes it sound like his daughter told, not the parents being like, Why are kids dying around this janitor? Yes. Well, I, I think I, I think <laughs> Because I had this, I have the same thought too. The motivation behind Freddie's killings, I, I'm here for the daughter telling. I think that's interesting. If the daughter told, and that's how the parents found out, that's an, that that is an addition that does, I don't think retcons anything. Now the problem is his his continued dialogue when he talks about that he started killing all the kids because they took his kid from him. That that's where it doesn't make sense because when you fuck with Freddie's motivations, it doesn't make sense because Freddie's motivation is he just kills kids. He's a kid killer. He he's killed kids. Plus, what did his wife see? If not the stuff that his daughter just saw, again, the movie eats itself. It eats its own hand, and <laughs> that's why it's it's hard to root and, for her. And I um, don't think that Freddie, the Freddie that I know, it would not be that sentimental. He he killed his wife in two seconds. Why is he letting his? Why is he so upset that the, that his daughter told that they took his daughter from him? That now he's going to kill all these people. That's not Freddie. Freddie is just a killer because I think sometimes people like to give motivations to killers, and not that there isn't that mm-hmm. aspect of a lot of real world murder and psychopaths and all that kind of stuff. But when it's a movie, sometimes all that is need to want to kill people and that is it especially because again this is the sixth movie and now i have a daughter and i want to find her freddie's been doing shit for a decade at this point um and he wasn't like i should do this daughter first like he was literally like now that i'm done with all the other kids let's get a kid out there well and, and i will say i wish they would have leaned into because like you said there's so much they could have done with this movie that that it's great they're playing with some great ideas and great things i wish that instead of this this motivation to find my daughter my long lost daughter i wish instead it would have been because and we get this uh what's the word we get this lore i guess in more so in freddie versus jason which is a whole other problem but that mm. no one knows him, so they don't. They're not a scared. They're not scared of him, so he doesn't have any power. Okay, then why not in this movie? Well, he's killed all these kids. These parents have clearly wiped him from consciousness. So now he has to use the final kid to get out of Elm Street, out of this town. 
to go to the world. And I, I think that part of the story really works. Adding that with a daughter mur- makes it murky. That part of the story is also shaky, though, because, again, like, we thought Freddy just wanted vengeance in the first movie. Um, in the second movie, he wants to be inside Jesse. Giggle, yeah, giggle. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> I did, too. <laughs> and, listen, listen. And then, like, three through five, we are out here just being like, we got to bring him back, and we'll make it make sense later on in life. Um, and now we're like, he wants to to the real world and fight his daughter. I'm like, bitch, Freddy, what do you... Who Freddy, are you? Look yourself in the mirror. Ask for your dreams. What are your aspirations? <laughs> Who are you, Freddy Krueger? Who are you? If that were, if we did titles for these episodes, we 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 might for this one. Anyway, we do. This is a lot. Yeah. I've, I've been drinking. Um, I will say, I've been drinking. I've been drinking <laughs> because you know I mentioned that my biggest problem is that there's not a lot of uh, connection between this film and the other. Like you said, it retcons a lot of previous films. What I do like about this franchise, and I do think it is true to this in every, yes, in every installment, to varying degrees, but in every installment, it's there. I love the theme of parental trauma that runs through this franchise. It is rampant in this franchise. I mean, it's blatant a lot of times. And I like that. I think that is probably this franchise's, other than Robert England playing Freddy, I think that is this franchise's strongest attribute because in each franchise, in each installment, these kids are dealing with the bullshit their parents do to them or have done before them. And this one does bring it all home with the daughter of Freddy finally being the one to end him. I think that part of this movie is Chef's Kiss. It's also a franchise where these kids are suffering because their parents did something and didn't want to take accountability yes. for it. We're all drinking it, and they didn't kill him. And then they're trying to gas like their children. I, while we're talking about things this franchise does, I appreciate that's one of the few franchises that doesn't fall into the tit trope often. Like, we definitely had it, and was it three or four? Um, yeah, and we yeah, get it when yeah. Ronnie Hughes' gross ass comes in with Freddy versus Jason and has to get the body doubles, kept fighting with Isabel. Instead of just not being a little asshole. Um, but like for all of us not doing the normal tit dance, we talk about assaulting bitches a yes. lot. And again, if we're just like reminding people Freddie was a pedophile, so we're gonna keep assault forward, like was he just assaulting girls? Because like again, we we don't get things cleared up. But like when we insert the ladies and we're just like, you're assaulted. Good day. Yes, absolutely. And I will say, to going on that parental trauma route, like I could see a way into that with a, a lot of times for women, and sadly so, they're assaulted by their family family members or parents or whomever. That's a, a sad thing. But like, there's also different ways to do it's not Like, I wish it would have explored yeah. how women can be sexualized that isn't so so obvious does that make sense because like it happens to women on a minor level and a ma- and a macro level and like sometimes it's that obvious thing which is it's all terrible but like yeah. sometimes it's that but also sometimes it's you need to lose weight or you need to you're you don't smiling enough or your hair's not pretty or you know whatever that's also sexual sexualizing your child that's not okay I, I do think that we needed to clarify some things just because like I assume Freddie was killing all the children, not just like specific gender. Um, and so when we make when we make the women have to carry the assault every time yes, we bring up the yeah. assault, it's very telling of how clunky the franchise is and how many men are behind the I was the literally about to say that. Yes, agreed. A hundred percent. It's also telling that it took the literal final nightmare in quotation marks to have a woman at the helm behind one of these films. I think if women were more involved in the writing and or direction of some of these previous films, we might not have gotten that as much, but here we are. I think that and not throwing these out every five months. Like again, like you can either have quality or you can have quantity, but you can't have True. both. True. <laughs> Good point. But yeah, I, I think that 
I think that the way that the assault was handled in this movie with Tracy, um, it really makes it hard for Freddie to breathe that he was a predator allegations, which again, I'm not sure why society was like, he killed kids. He didn't touch them. I, I don't understand well, <laughs> that differential. And I do want to mention too, I think this one, the character of Tracy, and probably because it's partly written and directed by a woman, I did like that she didn't fall victim to her assault in the end. Like, that's not what killed her. She did live. I like that. I do like that she beat the shit out of him and lived. Okay. I think in too, in too many other of these films in this franchise, the assault is brought up, and that's literally their demise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will give it that. I do wish that they'd written any of the characters better. The writing's not great. Um, <laughs> it's not. And they go from like one to ten in two seconds. Because like, I, I don't want to go to sleep. What's wrong? I don't know what's wrong! And it's like, um, okay. And it's like, we need a plan. Yeah, we need a plan! And it's like, we, okay. Um, the line delivery was sending me. I watched it twice this weekend because I had not seen it since like I was maybe a teen. Um, the line delivery was sending me. And <laughs> I think most of these actors can do better. I know Breck Meyer can. I forget if he's in Same. Um, Every time. Same. <laughs> Absolutely. And I agree. I think that a lot of it, I don't know. I, 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 I also did appreciate that it's the woman in the car that's like, I don't need a map. <laughs> <laughs> I did appreciate that because, okay, that's fun. But like, yeah, this the acting is not great. It's it's not great. It's not terrible. Um, I have seen worse. So much worse. And again, I think it's because at this point, Freddie's a cog in the machine. Mm-hmm. Like you need to like check these boxes and get these endorsements. And it's like a long commercial, unfortunately. Um, and I hate that I because like the first one was so yes. fucking good. And Robert England is such a good actor. And so I hate that it's just like, well, we do this every year now because money, you know. Yes. Like- <laughs> I. agree. I think that it just, I think, yeah, I, I I would be curious if we had a time machine and we can go back and like convince these people, no, it's capitalism. So they wouldn't be be able to be convinced, but if we could, if we had that magic wand, uh, (laughs) if we could convince them to give it, you know, five or six years between each film, could there be something there? I think so, because I, I do think that each film in this franchise, and I don't, and there's some franchise, franchises I can't say this about, I do think that there is something in each of them that's interesting. It's just mishandled. I, because again, I came into this podcast saying this is my favorite franchise because I'd never seen them in order. I've seen them plenty. I've seen each of these movies at least 20, 30 (laughs) times each, but never in order and not as an adult. Um, And so for me to be sitting here year three and be like, I was mostly here for Freddie. I just didn't know that at the time because again, Robert England is a badass actor. Like you say what you want about him, but like he delivers, he understands, like he does the thing that a theater actor can do. And so like Mm -hmm. Freddie sticks. Petty Freddie taught me how to be petty. That's my Mm -hmm. love language. Um, he made us forget this character is kind of the most evil monster we got in any franchise because again, he was preying on children when they set him on fire and instead of him being like, I'm going to take that ill and go to hell. He's like, no vengeance because you stopped me from preying on the children. <laughs> just like to hell, to hell. It just to doesn't hell. make And that's the thing. It doesn't make sense. And I wish that it did. And I would like, I'm again, like we, like we have said, I, I'm glad that I, I'm not mad that he has a daughter. I think him having a daughter, like we said, is interesting. It adds a layer to Freddie that isn't there to begin with and makes him a more complex character. Love that. But when you fuck with his motivation, this is a character that we have seen for five other films that he's not sentimental. He doesn't give a fuck. He just wants to kill people. And in this one, you're trying to add this sentimental motivation that just isn't there. And I will say too, I think that what sets some franchises apart, and I do think that 
the only outlier in my next statement is child's play in the Chucky franchise. But I think that it's the idea that you have one killer in all of these films. I think that is one thing that Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson did impeccably and so smartly with Scream and the franchise to make it multi different killers every time because different killers could have different motivations and you don't have to mess with what their motivation is. And uh, Jason kind of also has this because Jason really has no motive. He's just there to fucking wreak havoc. But like if they did a Jason movie today, it was like, no, Jason fell in love when he was 12 and his real motivation was to try and find his lover. It would make no sense. And so that's, I, yeah, don't fuck with the killer's motivation because we know who Freddy is and Freddy ain't this Freddy. I'm over the feelings movement that we seem to be living in where everybody needs to cry and talk about everything. Like, I, that's not my bag. I get so bored. I wander off. I just kill the people. Do what the strangers did. Why are you doing this to us? Because you were home. Boom. Pow. Solid. One of my favorites. Um, I don't need to be like, well, my mommy didn't hug me and now I have feelings. And also I had a bad day. My hair didn't curl the right way. I... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that is absolutely true. Absolutely true. While we're talking about things I have issues with, the last 10 minutes are in 3D. Why? Why is it there? When he gave her the glasses, I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. And she was like, and the glasses go on, audience. Like, oh, no. Freddie, you flew too close to the sun. Come back. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it there? And it's not even good 3D. It's like that 80s. It's 91. So I get it. That's the technology you had. Sure. And maybe they couldn't afford to make this entire movie 3D. And maybe that's what they were trying to do. (laughs) I would would too. Um, also, yeah, like my least favorite, well, not maybe not my least favorite, one of my least favorite uh, Friday films is part three um, for that very reason, but that bitch is rough. Girl. Uh, girl can be nothing. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I, yeah, I just, and those heads, they're like <laughs> okay, we gotcha. <laughs> It's just such a fucking hot mess, and I hate it. Um, yeah. yeah. I uh, speaking of things, I, mm, I talk just, about it. Talk the glass about is going it. on, talk and the glass is going it. off. No, because again, this is again them being like, "This is what the kids want. This is not what the kids wanted." So we gotta do it because Freddie's now pop culture, and pop culture is Freddie. As opposed to, does it serve the story? Does this, does this benefit our movie? That was not a conversation. Like, we gotta do three D because three D, mm. yeah. It feels very much like what WB Warner Brothers is doing to HBO Max, which is now Max. It feels like the execs coming in and being like, these five things gotta happen. And people being like, what? But what? And they're like, it's gotta happen because my niece likes it. <laughs> Instead of being like, tell your story and I'll see if I like it. I'm really curious if when this film premiered in theaters, if it was like that last 10 minutes were legit, like you put the, the glasses on and you watched it in 3D. Was okay. it really? You know. Yeah, yeah. But only the last 10 minutes? <laughs> you to... There's a couple things up front where that might have been part of it. Because, you know, back then people were like, I got to put them on and see what happens. But, like, the last 10 minutes, hardcore 3D. But I was looking at some of the shit that was happening. Like, when the house is flying around and things are rolling towards the TV up top, like, that's probably um, also 3D. That's true. It's not as obvious as those last 10 minutes, though. <laughs> He literally gets her glass like they could be anything you want them to be in the dream. Like also, why does he have glasses, three <laughs> D glasses, just hanging out in his office? Like, <laughs> I mean, therapists I... use weird things, like different things to do. There's, uh, yeah, like absolutely. But can we also just say I forgot that I think it's Yafet Koto. I don't know if I'm saying it right because I've never heard an interview with him mm-hmm. when he was alive. Can we all talk about how I forgot he was in this movie? And it makes me sad when I see him because I know him from Alien mm-hmm. and I was rooting for him. And then like when he died, I found out um, some things about him I did not like to know. <laughs> um, I don't know those things either, but yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to know. <laughs> Liz, 
And it makes me sad because he was such a good actor. And I'm just like, why can't we just have like good actors who aren't like, I'm voting against all your fucking rights, mm. bitches. Um, like, yeah. He literally supported Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020. <sighs> but because confusing characters, he was also very much for Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, how are you for Black Lives Matter and Donald Trump? Explain yourself. I, I need, yeah. Did he write something about this? Can I read his logic? Because I don't understand it. The people are just pulling receipts because, like, when you die now, people are like, "Don't mourn," <laughs> um, which I appreciate because it was like he was in the QAnon and he was in the Black Lives Matter. Like, Black Lives Matter, yeah, QAnon. Why? And like he voted for Donald Trump. Like, no, no, we're done. Because I was like, oh no, not another black actor who I didn't get to meet. And like, it's for the best. I didn't meet him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what he was going through in his life where he was like Donald Trump twice. That's a lot. That's a lot. Twice. That's a lot. Yeah, he was a good actor too. Damn. Because an actor is supposed to have empathy yeah. and that's not a lot of the MAGA what? movement here. No. Before I found that out about him, I was always sad because he never got to be a lead. He, I've only seen him play sidekick characters and like black men are going to die if not just the sidekick who might maybe not die. Um, and so I was like, this is another black actor who didn't get all of his flowers and didn't get all of the justice he deserved and could have probably right. given us so much more. And then you find out he voted for Donald Trump twice and so not only just voted, but like supported the campaign and was like, no, we need this race in office. And I was like, well, yeah, no. I, it's, I, you know, I have to have a thirst, a thirst note for every film. Every man in this movie is hot. I'm currently looking at current pictures of Breckenbauer, and goddamn, he is like, he, he's hotter now than he was then. Absolutely, Brecken aged like wine, and it's because he ain't problematic. He ain't said nothing to nobody that would get him canceled. He's like, I just want to make movies sometimes. I might do a Garfield real quick. Because um, I remember, I again, I've always seen he's in this movie, but I remember him from Clueless specifically. Um, yes. <laughs> and just other random Sonic characters from the 90s. And it's weird that he's now 49 years old. He was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I just discovered that. He is a very attractive man. Um, He's currently single. Him and Deborah Kaplan split up in 2014, according to Wikipedia. Well, you need to call me Brecken. Is he local? Did he move back? I'm going to just see what I got plans for this weekend. I'm just saying Trent Meyer or Brecken Reese sounds real good. Listen, listen. (laughs) I'm always looking for a new last name. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sheree, shall we do hot takes for this film? Yeah, let us let us get into these hot takes, these takes that are hot. Um, What's your hot take, girl? What's your hot take? Okay, so I wasn't born when this franchise started, so I'm not part of this pile specifically, but it's something I do see a lot today, and I think that, I think that when fans love something so much, it creates a high demand, which forces it to last longer than it should and meld into pop culture. And that's why the quality drastically goes down and it makes me sad because if we could just be like, that was a good movie, yeah. Um, instead of, we need more, we want more. We need to like also do this and like make the Baba Duke Baba shook. Um, I just think <laughs> that if we could not put these ideas in execs' heads, perhaps some of our movies would just be one or two movies and be done instead of 19 and it's fan abuse. Yeah, and I'm not, I agree. I'm not totally anti-franchise, but because I've seen it as well with Scream, but, we've talked about franchises a lot. Scream yeah. and Child's Play are kind of the two that did not fail the assignment. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not completely anti-franchise, but they shouldn't be the 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 norm. Like that should not be yeah. the usual suspects. And again, two right turns don't make a movement. And so, like, <laughs> I feel like I want to go back to the time when we could just be like that was a good movie. Thank you. And not ha- let's leave some backdoor sequels in here in case it makes money because we're greedy. And I, it just it makes it sad when it's part of the Hollywood machine as opposed to we're really going to try and scare you or try and like going to do your skin and see what happens. Yeah, I I agree. So my hot take, I this movie gets a lot of online hatred. Because it is the last one. I do think it makes some missteps. But it is by far not my light, my least favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It, 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 
that's not me saying that this movie is great. It's me saying that I have less problems with this movie than I do with other films in this franchise. So I'm not on the Freddy's Dead hate train. That's where I'm at. It's one of those things where it's like I grew up with it and so I don't love it, but I I don't know. Like, it's my blankie. Like, I was laughing at it, but I was also, like, enjoying myself (laughs) because, again, like, I just, I grew up with Petty Freddy. I don't know any, I don't know any different. I don't know any different. And so it's like my blankie and I'll, like, laugh at it and I'll rub my eyes at the things I pissed about. But, like, at the end of the night, I'm going to watch it again. Same. And there are some worse films in this franchise. I'm just saying. Child. <laughs> so, Child. Yes. All right. Well, that is but, our anniversary. What else should we do, Sheree? It's our anniversary. So we got to talk about some of our favorite movies we've covered or favorite episodes. Well, let's do both. Shall we choose like two or three films and two or three episodes? Yes. Um, because of the time of recording this, The Lost Boys is trending as it awesomely does every once in a while. And so, like, Thirst Traps and Glitter Bombs is definitely one of my favorites because The Lost Boys, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. My It's my favorite vampire movie at this point in time in my life. So, like, happy to be here. It's one of. One of. I'll say that. It's one of. Um, agreed. I like that one. Um, I think it's our episode today. Um, it's so it's fresh. <laughs> favorite episode. I'm still going with Stanley Kubrick was an asshole because here's my reasoning. Here's my reasoning. I think, and I I want the world to know this. I think that that episode, for whatever reason, and not just that episode, a lot of our episodes. Well, we all know the reason. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. But we we both hated that film. And you're the only one that gets criticism from it. So Mm -hmm. I'm putting it out there. Stanley Kubrick was an asshole and does not deserve to be um, put on a pedestal like a lot of the cis white straight men want to do. Um, So, yeah, that's my favorite episode because we got to hate on something and we both agreed and we were both just going in. Yeah. If I'm going to talk about favorite episode, I would say the one I laughed the hardest was Rawhead Rex. (laughs) 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 Um, That was definitely our second year. Maybe our first I think year. So. It was, it was summer. summer. It was, it was a summertime. Bridge. Summertime gets weird, but yeah, it was our second summer. Yeah. I okay. Favorite film that we've covered. That's hard. We have covered some of my favorites. But so I'm gonna go with favorite film that I also really loved. I think it's one of our stronger episodes. I'm gonna go with Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Because I adore that movie. I think it is almost perfect i mean it's probably not completely perfect i would you know i i i own that because i think too many people see their favorite movie is like it's perfect and no one can tell me otherwise so not saying that but i'm saying that i think it is almost perfect and i really loved our episode on it i thought it was fantastic so Lindsay was on that one we've not had her back since we need to have her back I love Lindsay. Yes, agreed. Yeah. One agreed. of my favorite playwrights out there hustling. Um, I I think a thing I learned while we've been doing this for three years is I really fucking lose my shit for Korean horror. And I did not know that about myself because I didn't see as much. Because we we have like a little bitty like <laughs> pack of movies to cover down. And I'm like, this is really my shit. It's not just me being like, it's a good mm. movie, oh well. It's like, no, like, they do the damn things. I don't think I've hated any of the Korean movies we've covered. I have, like, favorites and least favorites. But I yeah. don't, I've never been like, oh, no, Korea missed it this time. You do love Korea. Listen. I have learned, and I said in this episode, I have learned that I use intentionality a lot. But I think that I will stand by it because I think, generally, when I have an issue with a film, it's because it was not intentional. So I think that intentionality is something that I am glad that we had teachers at UCM, namely Doc J, name, yep. name drop, um, that taught us intentionality and, and specifics and like making sure every choice was, it might not be the right choice, but at least I had reasoning behind the choice that I made. 
and I can own I can own that choice when it was bad and when it was good because I have reasoning behind it. I don't think a lot of filmmakers do that. And so intentionality to all the filmmakers listening, think about the intentions behind your choices because when they work and when there is thought behind them, I'm here for you. Even though, even if I don't agree with you, I'm here for your right to, to make that choice because at least there was intention behind it. It's when they're like, well, let's just do this. Okay, let's try it. Then that's not an intention. There's no thought behind it. Like just putting black people in a the cast, there's no intentionality behind it. Just putting queer people in a the cast, there's no intentionality or disabled people with disabilities or whatever. Intentionality. My code, my my theme song. Listen, I I think that's a good one. I think that's a good one. What are we looking forward to this season? We can't give titles, obviously, but like, are we looking at a specific theme and being like, that's my bitch? Because I think I know what it is for both of us, but go on. Oh, you think you know what it is for me? You know I love to trip yes. you up. You're the 90s bitch. Like, who we lying to? That's true. I That is, yeah, yeah. I, we, we Spoiler alert, we're going into the 90s, y'all, and I'm excited. I'm also excited to continue... Our, our uh, we're doing some sequels that we haven't touched yet, so I'm also excited about that too. Yeah, um, I am also looking at our lineup for movies from this year, and if that lineup stays that way, I'm into it. Things happen, and so don't at me if we end up doing something random and I don't like it. Don't be like, "You said you're gonna love it, bitch." Things happen. We are looking at a full <laughs> season in front of my face, and so like that movie might not be there anymore. True. Um. I am also really excited for our double feature situation because, like, being able to do the first two movies or the only two movies in a franchise and really talk about it, or even just, like, because we, at at the time of this recording, we have at least one original and one remake um, as a double feature. I think that's fun. I think it's exciting. I think it's, like, the more film nerd part of my brain that I've been wanting to feed for a minute. You can compare and contrast. Right, right. Like, who did it better? Who wore it better? In the same Bush? episode, because we do that a lot on the show. But like, we can do it in the same episode. Listen, um, yeah, I think that we got some stuff, and I'm excited to see how this season goes because I think that it's fun. I think that it's us, but there's been growth. Um, growth. People who watch Insecure <laughs> and could see this video, which they never will, um, would understand my hand gesture. <laughs> Yes. But yeah, so we've got lots of things coming up uh, for y'all this season and in season in the future. Who knows what where Fierce Street, Fierce Street will take us. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us on Fierce Street. Uh, y'all are the best. And I love it. That's why I, wanted, I want to mention just briefly on that documentary Fred Heads. The thing that I did love, even though I, just, I didn't agree with everything they were talking about the, the franchise and really building it up like because we've discussed but i love the community that horror builds and i love that this documentary was predominantly uh i don't know if they made it or if they were just the minds behind it but it was mostly women and um a black man and a white man like that's it so community 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 i love the fear street community and yes yeah. Because I was about to say, I love our corner of the community because I think that when you step outside of like the people who we interact with and the people we know and the people who listen to us, um, there's some sketchy characters out there. Oh. I end up fighting with them on Twitter a lot. And so I never want to be like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then have these people out here embarrassing me. But I will say that the people who we've gotten to know and who seem to have gotten to know us for the most part are pretty awesome. And they yeah. make this fun. It's why I don't want to stop doing it. Because right. like, Podcasts are work, y'all. I don't know if you've noticed. We don't make a ton of money, so, you know. We we make $5. Five dollars. <laughs> Literally five doll hairs. Um, but yeah, I, and, and like, just to piggyback off of you, I, I think that what I was meaning with that documentary is that it, the community that they've built around this franchise is important to them. The community that we have built around this podcast is important to me, and I think that... I hope to meet you all in person someday. Probably won't happen because there's a lot of you, but you never know. Maybe we'll have a Fear Street convention one day. 
I, I will say the few I've gotten to meet have been awesome because yeah. I've made myself travel a little bit, even though COVID is still real. So I've, at the time of this recording, I've met Kat from Girl That's Scary. I've met yes. Alma and Alia from Fifth Street, our neighbors. Yes, yes, yes. Um, listen, I'm I'm collecting everybody like Infinity Stones. I'm a snap one day. <laughs> yes. Catch up. Yes, I hope to meet more of y'all. But yes, uh, thank you all for listening to this. Oh, do you have something else to say? You forgot to tell them what we cover next week. I don't fucking know what we're covering next week. It's Pranam Activity 5. Trent, you still on vacation. <laughs> you are like sincere thoughts, but like don't know what we're doing. Secrets. And I'm like, Trentington. Next week, we are covering, <laughs> act like I knew it the whole time, Paranormal Activity 5. And y'all know we go I'll up. Leave it in. Y'all know this is a franchise <laughs> that we have historically gone up for. So we'll see if that continues. We had some missteps um, when we were covering the first four last year. That The first three we were pretty good about. The fourth one, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But like, she'd probably be my third franchise I don't hate. Aside from that fourth one Same. and Next of Kin. Same. And again, we're going to finish her, but don't add me until we finish her, y'all. Okay? Like, <laughs> I got a bad memory. I was homeschooled. Like, don't be out here <laughs> bullying me online. But I think that for the most part, Primitivity hits. If nothing else, it's my favorite found footage franchise. Oh, found footage. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, so join us next week for that joy of a good time. And thank you all so much for supporting us here on Fear Street and listening and all the great things you do. And as always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.